Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <clears throat> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said yeah. that was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Radical Movie Jams. Our favorite 80s movies all have one thing in common, a song or two that are inseparable from the film. Today, we're going to dive into our favorite original songs that were made just for the movies they debuted in. I'm your host, Mo Shapiro. Joining me, as always, the rigs to my Murtaugh, Max Sanders. And with that, let's jump in. Getting too old for this, Mo. Oh, you are. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> ah. So we love the 80s, right? Fair to say. I adore the 80s. Best yeah. decade. Best decade, unquestionably. And we've talked a lot about this when it comes to the score of a movie, right? We listen to Back to the Future, and we have that orchestra that pulls you in. Um, there's all these different amazing scores, but there's another element to it as well, especially with the big budget films where they're going out there and they are, they are soliciting some powerhouse musicians to compose an original song for that movie. It's the best. It, it it's is the best. It is. <laughs> I don't need an orchestra of 500 professional operatic, you know, cellos. I want Huey Lewis. God, he is really good. He's I, great. He is. He is. I feel you're jumping ahead. You're giving you too much of a teaser. We got to string the audience along. You uh, hopped right into here. I don't, I don't play games. All okay. right. All right. You're ready. You're ready to throw down. So as we dive into this topic, really the big thing is we want to discuss these incredible songs that you can't pull apart from the movie. Like the song is the movie. The movie is the song. And you and I both remember we originally talked about picking our top three and that was a joke. We each had a list of like 15. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go fifteen though. It's fine. I don't care. Like, why why do you want to stop this glorious train? I I, you're, I feel like our listeners 
probably want to chunk this into hour long six hour yeah, podcast right. it's a six let's, hour podcast do on songs no 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 so we we narrowed it to five i've got five you've got five and we you are, don't have five you stole you think that you have everything like you claim that you're gonna claim every one of my songs is your song well no only two only two i'll probably do but you had five other options i i, I didn't steal anything from you're you. you're a thief uh, I don't trust you. You're, don't basi- you're like basically this. the Dread Pirate Roberts. I don't even want to debate with you. And by the way, speaking of the Dread Pirate Roberts, um, important news for those who are fans of Mo and Max. Max finally watched The Goonies. Uh, it only took me the better part of six months to get him to watch that movie. That's okay. <laughs> oh, oh mm. man. Here's my here's my review. It's one word. Ready? Meh. It's a relationship ending. <laughs> so, First half, great. So Second for, half, too no, much no, action. Yeah, too much fair. action. It's a, good, it's a good point, Max. So for anyone who's listening, um, I am looking for a new co-host. <laughs> Classified. And uh, please visit uh, buzzinthetower.com and you can fill out an application <laughs> and we'll be uh, replacing Max shortly. So hopping back into today's topic, which, you know, radical movie jams. And that's the name of the episode. And that's what we're talking about. Amazing songs that were originally made just for the movie, can't separate the two. So a fun way that we're going to try to present this is, Max, you're familiar with Casey Kasem. I know that you're quite a bit younger than I am, although Casey Kasem does cross, what, 50 years worth of pop in the, culture? In the back of my car, I would hear some stuff, you know, with my parents. And he's got that dultry, like sultry voice, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. dultry? Is that dultry? No, no. He, isn't that <laughs> he a country singer? Dultry. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even know what dultry means. It's okay. Sorry. Uh, Freudian slip. Freud, but, yeah, that's yeah. all right. That's all right. But, I don't know, well, why are you Freudian slip? Well, now I can't talk. You're getting me all tied up. That's great. <laughs> Moving along. Um, you, you are live radio. Me. Live radio. Casey Kasem. <laughs> so his uh, his top 40s were great. His delivery, it's, it's so familiar. So we thought it'd be kind of fun to deliver it that way. We'll do a little Casey Kasem some intro uh and then we'll hop into a quick little uh sample of the song because we can't make it too long or we'll get sued 10 seconds right is it 10 seconds or seven seconds or something like that you know what's funny most songs three seconds in you know it exactly right you know what i mean so it's a lot longer a time than you think yeah so we'll put a little out there and then uh talk 12 seconds see what happens there you go right and then we'll play the whole song and we're not putting the whole song on there this is again the lawyers (laughs) i know your dad's a lawyer and he's gonna help us but we don't want to make his life hard hi dad yeah hi mr sanders thank you just remember your son is the one getting in trouble here so we we put out the song and then hop right into a quick discussion of when the song came up in the movie. And then we, we nerd out for a few seconds and for a few seconds. Well, you know, <laughs> you're it's my first you're, day. You're, I mean, you're ready. You're, ready, right. you're yeah. ready for this to be like an eight hour podcast. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Take your time. All right. Hey, I'm slowing down, baby. There we go. Just relax. Shoulders, easy, shoulders back. Shoulders back. We're good. We're good. So who goes first in this? This is a big moment for us. I, I'm I'm going to let you go first oh, because man. I know that you you obviously are more fired up than I am today. Um, but we'll we'll hop into it, and you've got your top five. I got my top five, and to the listeners, enjoy. Okay, so I'm going to do the Casey Kasem voice. I'm going to go for it. Yeah, I mean, don't blow it. You're the first one. <clears> to okay, do it, no so pressure. Yeah, just take just a deep one of the most iconic voices in history. I got to. I think you'll him. do great. You don't <laughs> sound nasally at all. You're going to want wonderful. Thank it's you. Going to sound awesome. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Casey Kasem, thinking Casey. <clears throat> In 1986, this musical gem won the Oscar for Best Original Song and took home the Golden Globe in the same category. It shot up to number one on the Billboard charts. Here is the romantic fighter pilot classic, Top Guns, Take My Breath Away. All the memories. This song is magical. All okay? the memories. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the movie, and by the way, we're called Buzzing the Tower. Of course I had to do oh, the You went immediately to pay the homage. Of course. Yeah. Got to. Yeah. So the scene, it's Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis, and they have- The this, best 
screen match ever no. made. Oh, ever. <laughs> like my dining room chair and me have a better like con- emotional connection than they have in Your this movie. Your dining, for anyone who's never seen Max's dining room chair. She's a dime. It's, it's exquisite. She's a dime. It's exquisite. It's yeah. a beautiful chair. I treat so, her right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lacquer, everything. That's you know? beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like without the music in this scene, the scene doesn't work. It's laughable at best. Like it's the corny motorcycle car chase where Cruz is yelling about protecting his men. And it's just, it's so silly. And like the silhouette tonsil hockey where they use, they flick their tongues like the angry snakes. It doesn't, it doesn't work without this ballad of just emotional connection. So two things. Uh, one, have you ever seen a happy snake? Yeah. What does a happy snake look like versus an angry snake? It's not like, it's not doing that. Please don't ever do that again. <laughs> the, the quality of our mics is incredible. And what you just did to my ear, I will never, it's scorched. And okay, that's, I'm, I, when we do when we do a podcast about Hannibal Lecter, yeah. I'm fine with you doing that. Just right not now, not in the '80s, buddy. No, not, not in the, the '80s. 80s. Not in the should, 80s. Be. should be. Should be. It's great. We might make an exemption to do that film. Also, I feel like you're missing an important part of the scene because technically, "Take My Breath Away" does not just start when they're outside of Tom Cruise's house. It starts when they're in the classroom, and Kelly McGillis uh, just finished up Charlie. Excuse me, as she is in the movie, which is so funny. Yeah. Is my daughter's name is Charlie, so I feel bad being critical about her for some weird. Did reason. you name her for this movie? I'm going to tell her one day that she was named after. No, I'm never going to say that. Yeah, because you don't want her aging like Kelly McGillis. I don't. It was brutal. <laughs> but but Charlie just got done humiliating Maverick in front of the class, and one of Maverick's classmates leans over to his into his ear and says gutsiest move i ever saw man and it's that's where actually take my breath away starts very softly and then they go outside he's on his motorcycle she tries to talk to him and he just revs the motorcycle so she can't so he can't even hear her well, that's how you communicate in a relationship I, that, okay if I, if I did that to my wife the relationship would be over she'd be like get out of here you right don't now. look like tom cruise and top gun that's though. that's so true yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a mean volleyball player though but i would not take my are you actually or no i used to be a really good volleyball did you play player. in jeans ever to no. try to recreate this no 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 why do they have the hand wraps some of them have their hand wraps because I mean, when you're a pro you always have a hand wrap come on i've never seen that in the real ones come on is that real i don't know what you're really asking me do you think i played pro volleyball i think you've analyze Top Gun enough that you would figure this out or go on a Reddit hole. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, we're going to look, we're going to look later into that because I don't think it's something I can give an answer on right now. So they, they, they get back to the house and, and you already touched on this, but I just, I want to reiterate this line because I think it's incredible. Right. Um, so he looks right at her and says, when I fly, I'll have you know that my crew and my plane come first. And by the way, he looks at her. He looks up at her. Right. Because he's a good foot and a half shorter than her. And it's a great point. And, 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 she, and she looks at him and says, well, I'm going to finish my sentence, Lieutenant. And I just want you, the, the beauty of this is calling people by their rank. Mm-hmm. When you're obviously in a personal relationship or about to start one, it adds incredible elements. So I'm going to call you private from yeah, now on? Yeah, yeah, please. No, no, you can call me officer, Private Lieutenant, Shapiro. Private Shapiro. I like that. Sounds dirty. Um, my review of your flight performance was right on, but I held something back. <laughs> oh, she held something back, Max. I see some real genius in your flying, Maverick, but I can't say that in there. I just don't want anyone to know that I've fallen for you. Oh, my God. So Take cool. my breath away. <laughs> da, da, da. It's so out of it's left field. So it has it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Is there anything else even reasonably like? I guess the volleyball scene. Here's what's incredible is that she's fallen for him based on three interactions. When he snuck into the women's bathroom, yep, which was like ridiculous. When he bumped into her in the hallway and basically like confronted her in the elevator. The karaoke and, too, right? Didn't he karaoke for her? 
Yeah, that was at the that was at the first scene. When yeah, that's part of bar. it. That's part of it. Though. Don't don't don't. You, you said you made it like the bathroom was you the know only what, part Max, of the scene. I think you've lost that love and feeling. Don't talk to me about the karaoke scene. Do you know how many times I've used that? It is the most powerful pickup line I've ever used in my life. Is that how you met your wife? Or? No, no. Trish would not fall for that. <laughs> but when I was younger, I went to Indiana University with a couple of my really good friends, and we were at this bar. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the bar, but it's where they have that game called Sink the Biz, where you basically pour beer into a glass and try not to have it sink on the in a bigger bucket. Sounds made up, but go on. I, I'm not making this up. All my IU fan, friends are probably uh, enjoying this, and I had a couple too many, and I definitely pulled out. <laughs> You've lost that love and feeling, but I had the whole bar singing it. it it's was a good amazing. move. It's a good move. Um, so this whole I've fallen for you stems from like three interactions. Like I, I couldn't get I couldn't get a girl to say she'd fallen for me after dating her for like two years. She's still Again, like I'm mediocre. Chiseled jawline, leather jacket. What does Tom Cruise there? have that I don't everything, have? Everything. All right, everything. All right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> You're hurting my feelings. All right. So movie covered. Now dive into the fun stuff. Tell me about the song. So the music's by Giorgio Moroder and the lyrics are by Tom Whitlock, sung by the band Berlin. And they were the second choice. The first group was this new wave group called the Motels. Oh, the Motels. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're know, great. Yeah. Blew their yeah. chance, yeah. but I guess they, uh, apparently. They were great. So Giorgio, the guy who wrote it, worked with Bowie, Blondie, Coldplay, Donna Summer. He created Flashdance, What a Feeling. Like, oh, Do you know him at all? That's a good one. I've never heard his name yeah. until right now, but wow, what so a list. I have actually a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon with him. A friend of mine from college who used to sell tickets for me for my EDM shows, uh, she was his manager for two years and like was with him in every... like. When he went to the Oscars, when he went to the Emmys, I would have got him on here, but he's 80 years old and he doesn't speak English. I don't think that should ever stop you from having someone on the show. How do we communicate? I, drawings? Hand signals? That would be a really good podcast. Google Google Interpret? We could have used that. I guess. But <laughs> yeah, super cool. And I love that his favorite song that he's most proud of is this song out of all those songs. Really? Yeah, because think about it. Synth. Is it because Jessica Simpson covered it? Is no. Is that what did it for him? It's in spite of that fact. I got to tell you. I really, Are you a Simpsonite? I, I am a Simpsonite. Samsonite? I, I love Jessica Simpson. Boo. Oh, come on. How can you not like her? She's like of all of the train wrecks that existed during that period of time. She's the most lovable. Yeah, but I mean, she had the IQ of Nick, chicken salad. She married Nick Lachey. What is that a positive or no? A negative? That's like that's if, if Timberlake had married Britney Spears. Like we never got they, to see that. Didn't but we they got to see married? no, they didn't get married. They oh. broke up when they were like fourteen. But we got to see Lachey and Simpson. That's awesome. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so he's proud of this because synth in general. There's no synth ballads. Can you name another synth ballad? I cannot. Yeah. So he created a genre. A genre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty big mic drop. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, although working with Bowie, I think probably would God, be. Yeah. Bowie's amazing. Or he was called the father of disco. That's pretty cool. Have you seen the Labyrinth yet? I haven't. Okay. Um. And and I want to be fair. I'm not going to abuse you because we keep on running into these movies where I think he's got like long blonde hair, right? He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. And he's got, he's got original music in it and he's incredible. Mm. We could, we could almost do an entire episode on Bowie. I'm a big Bowie fan. Star child. I like it. I liked him in the prestige too. Yeah. 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 He's a good actor. He's a very good actor. Or was. Yeah. Sad day. Very sad. Um, so go ahead. More. Give me more on the song. I, th- I think Is that it? Did you go through it all? <laughs> You're like, leave me alone, MG. <laughs> yeah. All right, are we ready to go? Is I, it my turn? Yeah, go, you jerk. All right, I'm give sorry. You good I stuff. didn't mean to be a jerk. I yeah. didn't mean to be a jerk. So um, so should I just go right into my Casey Kasem? Yeah, give it a try. 
Are you gonna do the story thing or no? You, not, no, okay, not, not ready. Well, so, th- so we should talk about that, right? So, yeah. one of the things you you did a great Casey case. I'm, I'm not knocking it, but Woo. I want to I want to put a challenge to you. At some point today, we have to go to the because remember the Casey Kasem's one where it was like little Susie yeah. for little Chris, Becky for, from yeah from from Idaho, Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. So, Daddy, I, when are you coming home? <laughs> so sad. It's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. All right. Uh, no pressure. No pressure. You did good. So you gave me a little pressure. So there we go. All right. Zero pressure. Burning up the charts, July 1986, from the movie Top Gun, Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. Danger Zone! How do you like that? Oh, I love Danger Zone. How do you like that song? Best title of a song, maybe ever. So before I gush on mm-hmm. the song, because I'm going to gush on this song, Obviously. I also think it's funny, and I, we did this accidentally because we're not smart enough to plan this. Buzz in the Tower, name of the podcast, our first two songs out the gate, Take My Breath Away in Danger Zone. Yeah. Uh, serendipity? Hey, no, we understood what we wanted to talk about. You know, I mean, this is our passion. Should we just do nothing but Top Gun? Should we just do like 100 episodes on different things from Top Gun? We could do it. We could. Yeah. All right. We well, could, we're not going to do we that. We could do a play-by-play of the volleyball scene, like Marv Albert on the sidelines commenting. Oh, my gosh. Live right. stream. So let's focus. Let focus. focus. <laughs> we're getting back to it. Let's talk about Danger Zone in Top Gun in the movie. These title track movies, or excuse me, title track songs, these, these made-for-the-movie songs have all different places where they can pop up. Like some movies we're going to cover, it's the opening credits, which I personally think is kind of a waste. But you think so? I like getting in the tone of the movie that way. Opening credits, if it's just the rolling credit and like a little bit of dialogue, but the way that they did it in Top Gun, I love because it's not just, it wasn't the opening credits. It's at the, what I would argue is the most pivotal point of the movie. It's what sets the entire story arc on. Remember, they basically, Stinger, they're sitting, they're, Maverick. Which one is Stinger? Stinger is the principal from Back to the Future. Oh, okay. Uh, what's the, what's Michael Ironside? Yeah, what's the name of uh, the principal in Back to the Future? I don't know. Is that Michael Ironside, though? I don't know who Michael Ironside is. I can't remember the actor. That's the bad name. guy in Total Recall, the bald one, who's married to Sharon Stone. No. That's not him? No. That guy rules. So. That's that's the dad. That's Red from that 70s show. No, that's RoboCop you're thinking of. Yeah, that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're thinking bald, cool guy. No, because that guy was also in uh, Total Recall. No, I'm no, right. What? I'm right, and you're wrong. That guy was married to Sharon Stone in Total Recall. Ironside, I will bet you a steak I, dinner. Listen, listen. Red and the guy from RoboCop is the same guy from Total Recall. Nope. Yep. Steak dinner. 100%. Nope. Steak dinner bet is on. Yep. Cool. Google it right now. I have to Google it. You know what? Pause. <laughs> I'm pausing the podcast. We'll be. We'll take our first commercial break. We'll be right back with you. <laughs> Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, sure. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. <laughs> Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C A P S I V A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man, and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is It's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know, what I mean, it's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. 
Um, she loves what she does and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. Welcome back. What, what'd you find out? Yeah. So moving along, um, <laughs> Max is right. I was thinking of James Tolkien, who is Mr. Strickland. Also Back wrote the, the Lord of the Rings books. Interesting. Yeah, J.R.R. <laughs> um, and also played Stinger, uh, which is who I was thinking of. But yes, you were yes, correct. Give more facts about how wrong you were. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the worst feeling. I just, I can't. I think I my steak medium oh, rare. You're, you're, I know your steak. Fair. So. Back to Top Gun and back to Danger Zone, like I was trying to do before you derailed me with your facts and information. How do we even get on that? Because of this. Oh, because the yes. Stinger. Who's Stinger? Yes. Who is Stinger? Stinger is Strickland from Back to the Future. Got it. Got it. The names in this movie are incredible, I by know. the way. Stinger, Iceman, Stinger's great. Iceman, Merlin, Stinger, Merlin, Maverick, Goose. Wolfman. Yeah. Oh, great. my God. They're great. So, what would your name be? My name? Yeah. Oh, Brisket. Wow. Brisket. <laughs> Brisket Mo. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Yours would be squirrel. Ninja squirrel. Ninja squirrel. Yeah. So opening opening scene of the movie, um, everybody knows they're they're in a dog fight and um, you know, for the most part, it, it it ends well. But you got Maverick and Goose that are taking a big risk, huge risk, right? And they're sitting in the hallway and what's who's the guy that ends up uh bailing and quitting why can't i think of his uh call cougar cougar thank you cougar we're in the purple one yeah right yeah cougar cougar turns in his wings he's done he got spooked he wants to see his baby and his wife cougars don't belong in the sky anyways they don't um so cougar walks down the hallway sees maverick and goose thanks them and then maverick and goose get called into stinger's office and again the dialogue here is just golden golden i mean it's incredible right so looking right at maverick Stinger says, you don't own that plane. The taxpayers do. Son, your ego is writing checks. Your body can't cash. That's an incredible line, right? The I first be, time that got used. Or? I, it's one of those things like uh, from They Live. Mm -hmm. um, the, John Carpenter. I, I, yeah, I came here to, I came here to chew bubblegum. Chew, bu chew bubblegum. Yeah. I ran out of bubblegum. I don't know the first time it was used. I know this was the best time it was used. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's amazing. So you ever use that in your, I've, I, I want to use it like in a board meeting. I want to like, look at, look at like the people across from me and say, you know, you fired him. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'd be walked out. I'd be escorted out of the building. You like can't You're done. You're done. <laughs> so this gets said and it's almost it almost eerily mirrors the scene between Charlie and Maverick later where, you know, there's this anger. But then, like, you know, like I said, she looks at him and says, I couldn't say how I really felt. I've fallen for you. Stinger's looking right at Maverick, yelling at him, telling him what a waste he is, but then turns around and says, it pains me to do this, but I'm sending you to Top Gun. That's the best. Yeah. Like you were number two. Yeah. Cougar was number one. Cougar's gone. You're going to Top Gun. How good was Cougar, by the way? Yeah, then? he must have been really good. Must have been great. Although, again, his nerves kind of shattered when he got. You think at a certain point of like eight years of training, he right. would have been fine by then. The minute that he tells Maverick and, and Goose that they're going to Top Gun, you hear the slow rumble of Danger Zone start up, right? And then the scene cuts and it opens with, and this is classic, you know, 80s action film, you know, like the, the, the Times Roman script at the bottom. And it just says Miramar, California fighter town usa is it the typing noise no like, no oh, typing oh. it comes like up already typing. typed i like the typing typing noise. is good but this one comes straight up and then it's just you know cut scene jets taking off tom cruise on his motorcycle you know he's giving the fist bump, fist bump yeah. up in the yeah. air and that's dangerous on that that song is top gun 
<laughs> I feel like if Viper watched Tom Cruise on his motorcycle fist bumping while a plane's going up, he'd be like, this guy, oh, get this guy out Yeah, he's here. clearly <laughs> mentally unstable. Like, this is my new pilot? He, he thinks he's a plane. Yeah. He thinks he's like, a plane. Like, does he know that's not a plane? <laughs> what if he had, like, cardboard wings and he was just trying to fly? That would be amazing. Oh, that's great. So, let me let me hop into yeah, some get, fun get some stuff. information. Yeah. Um, Bruckheimer and Dom Simpson had over 300 songs to choose from. Because this is a big, this is a monster big budget movie, right? Huge. This movie should have cost $400 million. Well, they did some smart stuff. First of all, the U.S. government was 100% on board with basically giving them whatever they want. Air Which, Force uh, enlistment went up 400% right. the month after this right. movie. So they had recruitment a, centers outside of the movies. The ROI on this for them was perfect. They, did they, they try to recruit you when you saw this movie? I was not 18 <laughs> years old when this movie came out. You were 17, I, can, can we 16? Just, listen, you, have, you either have an affinity for mocking how old I am or you are the worst man math student ever so for the hundredth time seven. i was born december 30th 1978 okay so you're 56 good night folks so <laughs> moving along they they had 300 songs to choose from right so they're they're matching up the daily films and and, and there's nothing they cannot find anything they're getting the initial shooting they're taking a yeah, look and this at was all a, and this was important too because it's they'd, huge they'd won oscars for songs for flash dance and midnight Express. they knew what they were doing yeah right they knew what they were doing so they they asked their soundtrack producer to write something, and the soundtrack the soundtrack producer puts together Danger Zone. He tries to get the following people to record it. You're gonna love this. Bring it. Toto, Brian Adams, Ario Speedwagon, Corey Hart. Then he goes to Loggins. Okay, Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Kenny. And here's the best part. And I'm almost hesitant to not tell you this because. I know you love Kenny Loggins. I do. How can you not? Caddyshack, I'm all right. I mean, he, Kenny, you, if you love the 80s, you love Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Loggins. Kenny Loggins is synonymous with all this, right? Kenny Loggins is one of those people who, Danger Zone, second best hit ever, goes to number two on the billboard. Number one was Footloose. Don't forget, Kenny Loggins did Footloose too. Do you know the lyrics to Footloose or do you just make them up as you go on? Oh, no, I, I make them up all the time. I'm like, you know, get loose, Goose. Footloose, <laughs> put on your loose foot. Moose. <laughs> Moose. Yeah. yeah. Caboose. <laughs> Come on, do the footloose. It's a great song. It is. So Kenny Loggins refers to this song as the biggest regret of his professional career. What? Because he's one of those obnoxious, like su super, I mean, super talented guy. I was like, oh, I'm too good for this. So, you what's, know, like, his, what's his hit outside of like the movie stuff? I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's crazy to me. Crazy Just embrace me. it. I, that's what I would do. If I wrote Danger Zone, I would wake up every morning yeah. to playing Danger Zone. 35 years later, you got two guys talking about you. I might just record my version of Footloose I did and wake up every morning and playing that. Like, Caboose, Footloose. <laughs> that sounds good. Gonna go hunting for moose. Like anything, it's just perfect, right? It is. And no one knows the actual lyrics. No. Well, yeah. I'm sure actually quite a few people know it. We just maybe don't the know person it. that sung it. Yeah, maybe. Well, we, we should ask Kenny Long's and be like, oh, I don't, I don't even care. I don't like it. Yeah, Kenny, if you're listening, you're screwing up. Just yeah. be who own you it. are. Own it. Yeah. Don't be ashamed. You're cashing those checks. Unbelievable. The new Top Gun's gonna have the song in it. And there. he's gonna pull in residuals from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna be fired up because that song's in there. I'm gonna be I, I will go see that movie just uh, well, there's a hundred. There's a thousand reasons. reasons. <laughs> there's, a million. there's a million reasons. But one of them yeah. is the danger zone's gonna be in that movie. All right, Max. Uh, I'm good. I mean, I feel the goosebumps are gone. I've gone through my danger zone. I, I baton hand it over to you, buddy. All right. How do we transition to the next one? I don't know. We just go. Okay. <clears throat> Casey Case and voice. All right. Pause it. You got it. Take your time. Focus and hit it. This animated upbeat classic was all the rage in 1989 and had parents and kids alike bopping along to its Jamaican rhythms. Next is The Little Mermaid's Under the Sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. 
God, I love that you picked this. Da 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 da. I can't sing, but I can do that. I love, I love that you picked this. This is out of your wheelhouse. This is something that I feel like you'd make fun of me for doing because you know I love cartoons and especially cartoon movies. I no. love, I love that you picked this. Like Mo, I remember zero things about this movie. There's a mermaid. There's a trident somewhere. Someone's got purple tentacles. But I can recite this song like the lyrics are tattooed on the back of my brain. Challenge accepted. It is much hotter. Wait, it is not hotter. Under the water. It is much better when it is wetter. Under the sea. Are you aware that you are singing the exact same tone and note on every word? Like you are. I can't. I'm tone deaf. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm really bad at singing. Oh, man. I'm actually... This is how bad it's singing I am. I'm proud of that performance. You you are inspiring me because I'm not good, but I just next by to comparison you, you're gonna be yeah, fantastic. Great, yeah, I love when you sing on this thing. I know. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna do more singing for you. You deserve that. Yeah, because you need to hear what beautiful sounds. Sound I like. do. So I mean, just a catchy song. Like, there's a Jamaican crab steel drums. What, what's the what's the crab's name? <laughs> do you remember? Krusty the Krusty. crab. <laughs> so, Larry the crab. It's 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 dangerous sometimes to have too many inside jokes on a podcast. So I'm gonna let everybody know that. As we were doing show prep for this, Max had the freaking audacity to ask me what the name of the crab was, and I about doubled over laughing. Hey, you know what? You got to come prepared. Sebastian. You got to Sebastian the crab. Admit when you're wrong. How many crabs are out there that you need to know their names? How many steak dinners do I need to win? Oh, man. Oh, man. That's burning me out. Moving on. All right. So at this point in the movie, Ariel has already saved the prince, and now she's telling uh, Sebastian, (laughs) there we go, (laughs) that she wants to see the prince again. And you forget that Sebastian is telling Ariel that humans suck. Basically. Yeah. Then she should stay in the ocean. Yeah. She, he's not wrong. I was going to say, if you really think about like the moral of this movie, it really fits well with 2020, which is that- We're terrible. Every, everybody above the ocean floor is is awful and terrible, and things are much better down where it's wetter. Yeah. Under, under the sea. Yeah. I would live under the sea. Actually- I'm I'm enjoying this. We started this podcast because of this. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. so I'm looking at the bright side. Well, that's because you're you're not what I would consider your garden variety normal American. Like you're, <laughs> you're I thought you were gonna say garden variety mental patient. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you weren't you were gonna fight me on either. Uh, no, I mean you're I mean you're right, right? Like his this whole ballot is him basically saying like, hey, like you don't need to go anywhere because do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like I feel like when my kids get older and they want to like leave the house mm. and I'm like, no, 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 you don't need to leave the house. Like, just stay in You're going to be one of those parents? No, I don't. I love my kids. You're going to want them gone, though, when they're 18. <sighs> I don't know, man. They're fun. They're a blast. They're at that age where they're a lot of fun right now. So, yeah, I don't know where to go with that cause I have <laughs> because no I have no Because you have no point of reference. Like, yeah, children. You've got, a, you've got a beautiful little nephew now. Like, you you kind of have entered the realm of having. I have no responsibility to that kid. I though. know, yeah. except to be an awesome uncle. Yes, That's exactly. A responsibility. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to love him to death. I know, yeah. I know. Like from afar. From, from afar. afar. Yeah. Well, it's probably safer that way. First tattoo is coming from me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but back to Under the Sea somehow. So, I mean, I just love the choreography, the squid dance team. There's backflipping dolphins. There's clams clapping to the beat. Just amazing. And this won the Oscar for best original song. In it won the Oscar. Yeah. That's right. You're right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Composed by Alan Menken. And the lyrics are from Howard Ashman. So I've got, I want to cut you off. But you I know, know, do you even a Howard Ashman no, fact? No, but I know. Because I don't even know that. I've is. got a fact that I don't think you know. There's have a lot you, of facts you have that I Well, that's true. But regarding the song, have you ever seen the Disney movie Bed Knobs and Broomsticks? That sounds less like a Disney movie and more like an NZ-17 movie. No, 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 no. It's uh, from 1971. And it's, it's, a, it's a... So you were six? Yes. I tee you up for these. Right I tee you up for these. You can't give me any dates in the This segment. song is actually based on a song from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, it's a Disney classic from the 70s. Was um, there a lawsuit or anything? Or no, were they okay? no, they're all, it's all, oh, it's all, it's all under Disney, the umbrella yeah. of Disney. Uh, it, the song was The Beauty of Briny, the Beauty Briny Sea. 
Mm. I've not listened to it yet, but I did dig this up. I thought you would find that, that interesting. Is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think they should have gotten someone more famous to sing the song. Like, who's the guy who said, don't worry, be happy? Bobby. Oh, I know. Billy, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, that guy. I feel like if he just sung it, it'd be a little bit more famous. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. so like every, uh, uh, you have not been to Disney. When was the last time you went to a Disney park? I was 11 years old. So every single Disney park and cruise line everywhere, this song plays there. Okay. It's one of the few songs that is universally played. Circle it's a, it, Life. It's a small world after all. Oh, that song's weird. I know. Super weird. The ride's even more weird. I, I, don't, I remember not liking the ride. My kids were not that into it. They liked a lot of the Who's other ever rides. Who's ever been more. into it? I was into it when I was a kid, oh, but I'm man. a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, go on. Won the Oscar. I gave you my odd fact. Uh, you love the song. Great pick. I love that you pulled a Disney movie. You keep doing this. At the bottom, at You're the on bottom the bottom of the list. I'm like, like, that's it. Thanks. Right. Moving on. Moving on <laughs> and transition and scene. Okay. Coming up next. You got this. Do I have this? Because I'm probably old. not. March 1985. Glenn Fry gives us a number two hit from Beverly Hills Cop. The heat is on, torching up the theaters. Enjoy this song that much. Oh my god, how can you not like this song? It's a couple of lines. I don't know. It just seems 80s cornball. Seems have you have you seen the Beverly Hills Cop movies yet? Because we had this conversation a while ago, and I feel like this was on my demanded read list for you. And I have not because it's three dollars on Amazon, and I refuse. <laughs> We're, you know what? We're, we're, we are, we're, we have sponsors, you know, we're slowly starting to, you know, get our feet wet. I am willing to take our partnership and move it from 50, 50 to 49, 51 and start a fund just for you to watch these movies. Awesome. I'm totally down for that. No, you've won. I can't let you do that. How about instead of a well, steak, I, how about I, instead I, of a steak I, dinner? I'm going to buy you out when we're right, successful. Right. How about instead of a steak dinner, I get you all the Beverly Hills Cop movies, all the one and two are the only ones you need to see. I'll so, watch those. Deal. I don't need a steak. I, I love this song. You can Venmo me $6. I'm not giving you any money. I'm at you, Buzz you, in the you, Tower. Shame on you. I, on shame Venmo. on you for not even watching this. <laughs> so the the beginning, the opening credits of Beverly Hills Cop, and maybe part of the reason I like the song so much is because this is, I mean, Beverly Hills Cop starts off in Detroit, Michigan. Axel Foley is a Detroit cop. The opening scene and the opening credits are Woodward Avenue, auto workers working on the line, um, you know, Axel Foley is wearing his, uh, I don't know in the beginning, but throughout the movie, you'll see him wearing, uh, was it Mumford or Cast Tech? It was either Mumford or Cast Tech uh, sweatshirt, which is a high school in downtown Detroit. And also he has a Detroit Lions letterman jacket. There it is. I knew I was waiting for the Lions connection. Listen, I'm not going to talk about fan. the Lions. It's the worst. The, yeah. the, we're having a nice positive conversation. I don't want to talk about the Detroit Lions. But the this movie is like a homegrown movie, and it just... You know, the the opening credit, you start off and you hear this song. In fact, the very beginning, it, it just says you see the words Beverly Hills and then this stamp, this red stamp, it's cop. And that's where it's. You really like the placement of the song. I the do. First, the first the initial. Heat is, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and think about it, like the heat, you know, is a term for police and it is, it's it, it's just great. If I, I want heat. I'll watch heat. Oh, All come right. on. He's yeah. a great movie. He's awesome. He's a great. Yeah. Great. Movie. Came out on my birthday. Really? December 15th, oh, 1995. There you go. Maybe we'll extend the 80s to the 90s. Maybe, <laughs> in the mid-90s. No, no. That's, a, that's a little bit of a jump. <laughs> so interesting interesting kind of information about this, right? Um, Her- I'm going to butcher this name. Harold Faltemeyer sure. did the Top Gun anthem. So, oh. So the, the bum, 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 bum. Yeah, sure. Um, Makes me want to salute something weirdly, doesn't he, it? He, it does. He also did... A song called Axel F, Axel Foley. Now that song is probably the one that you remember from Beverly Hills Cop, which is the 
Yeah, the, the robot beatboxing kind yeah. of song. Yeah, it's good. So um, you can sing. I can sing. Well, I can sing obscure beatbox songs. So comparatively, um, you sound great. I know. Right now, you're thinking, man, he's got a beautiful voice. So, um, the heat is on was written by Harold, but it was performed by a guy named Glenn Fry. Do you know who Glenn Fry is? He's brothers with French Fry. No, Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Oh, I'm not an Eagles guy. Oh, well, you don't have to, I'm not an Eagles guy. Hotel California. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, if you ever watch interviews, it's funny because um, the Eagles had kind of like multiple front men. Mm-hmm. So Glenn Fry always kind of took the credit as being the songwriter, but he's had a career. He's done acting, songwriting, everything. But this is Glenn Fry. Um, and this hit number two on the billboards for the t- uh, on the top Hot 100. And again, I just... When I think 80s action films, I think Beverly Hills Cop. When I think Beverly Hills Cop, I think The Heat is on. Yeah, and he only he was only paid 15K for this, which is crazy. Really? Yeah. I mean, think about artist exploitation and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and also he did the background vocals and guitar for this too. Oh, that's wild. <clears throat> so he's a talented I, dude. He's a super talented dude. I mean, look at the Eagles. I mean, it's not like that's like a small name. Yeah. I like, I mean, I like the idea of the Eagles. Like they've done well. I like the idea of the Eagles. All right. So I am ready now to go back to you, Mr. Sanders. Okay. Big moment. I'm going to actually try my Casey Kasem call-in monologue here because mm-hmm. you chickened out. I did chicken out. All right. So let's see. Let's see if I can do this. Little Tommy Smith from Pensacola, <laughs> Florida. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tommy Smith is the most generic name I've ever heard in my life. Well, I mean. That's who calls in to I, Casey I, Kasem. I, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I This is my fault. You I get, can't you help get a redo. T- you get a redo. I, I derailed you. Go ahead. You. It's fair. I totally derailed you. Little Tommy Smith from Pensacola, Florida writes in, Casey, my dad's away on business a lot, and I just want him to tune into your show and know I'm always thinking about him and can't wait to have a catch in the back tar- backyard sometime real soon. If you could tell him, to- if you could tell Tom Smith <laughs> Sr., his boys thinking of him, that would sure be awesome. Thanks, Casey. Well, little Tommy, your wish is my command. So, Tom Sr., get back home real soon, and your son sends his love. Here's Back to the Futures, The Power of Love. I can't even focus. You broke the dam of so, laughter. Uh, listen, listen. I can't even focus. First of all, this is, this is you stole this from me. Not the Tommy Sr. garbage. We'll talk about that in a minute. You wrote it for me. I, 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 I'll get into that in a minute. You stole this song, I feel like, is a part of my heart. And Why didn't you pick it first? Because I'm a chicken. I picked other songs. There. Oh, my God. But Tommy Sr. All right, go. Talk about it. I, I'm going to shut up and just enjoy my Tommy Sr. Uh, poetry. So, I mean, you're big on placement of songs. You know, you like when it starts up, you like when it like fades out. This song plays three separate times in the freaking movie. Like that's unheard of. I don't think that's ever happened with a main song in any other movie that I can think of. That's iconic. It's so the three scenes are when Marty goes to school, he's kicking open the fence. He's skateboarding, drifting from random cars, which is like the coolest thing ever. Never seen that before. Second time it appears is when his band, the pinheads are slapping some edge on the song, which is kind of fun too. And it's for the talent show. While they're doing this audition, nerdy Huey Lewis himself, through a bullhorn, tells him, what does he tell him? Mo, what does he tell him? Too loud. He's too darn loud. Too darn loud. Almost. You almost had it. I was close. (laughs) You put me on the spot. It's not like I ever do that to you. Yeah. (laughs) And finally, when he kisses Jennifer goodbye, bam, it kicks back in right after the kiss. And he smiles, hitches his skateboard back to a cop's car, and then he gets home. And so he and... Like, Marty McFly and the song are forever the coolest. 
I, I, you don't have to convince me. I mean, you're making a case. They, they say that it's important in a podcast. You got to have some disagreeing and some, you know, back and forth banter. You're not going to get anything from me other than jealousy that you pick this because I love this song. Huey, Back to the Future has so many great songs in it and so much. I love that Huey Lewis was in it. I know the, some of the backstory on Huey Lewis, he was really reluctant. He didn't really want to commercialize himself. So I love that he kind of caved and ended up doing this and, and for a perfect song, for a perfect movie. And I believe, wasn't Michael J. Fox like a huge Huey Lewis huge fan, fan? And that's what in part got him on. So the backstory was Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis approach Huey and they're like, hey, Huey. Hugh, 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 Hughington. I don't know, <laughs> not Hughington. I'd call him Sebastian. <laughs> like, okay, Hugh, we need we need a song for this movie, and we know our movie's hero, Martin McFly, and the actor is a huge fan. You got to do this. And like you said, Hugh was reluctant. Never did a song in a movie before. He didn't want to make a song called, you know, Back to the Future or anything like that. They said, do what you want, just go for it. And I guess he wrote it while listening to a lead guitar progression on a jog and now claims it's the best thing he's ever done, which is true, right? It, it, well, he's done a lot of good things. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I recognize he probably would say this is the best, but it's funny because comparing that to Kenny Loggins, who, you know. Boo, Kenny. I know, who just. I'm well, so upset. I, I know, right? It's still bothers you. But I love that, like, you know, Kenny Loggins is out there saying, well, you know, I really kind of wish I'd never done Danger Zone. Meanwhile, you got Huey, who's like, yeah, back, power of love, back to the future, rock and yeah. roll, baby. I mean, I hope he goes to like Comic-Con and still sings it and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that'd be great. That he probably does. Great. All right, what do you got next? Well, since you did uh, Timmy Smith, was that his name? Tommy Smith. Tommy Smith. Tommy Smith. I'm Junior. A, Tommy Smith Jr. All right. I'm Little gonna, Tommy I'm Smith. Gonna, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. I'm going to try to do my. Can't do any worse than I did. It, it was bad. Um, it was bad. <laughs> Come Can't on. Keep a straight I didn't face. even say anything. All right, all right, all right, all right. Susie Jones. From Arkansas. Nope. She's not from Arkansas. Is she? The entire state of Arkansas. She's not from the whole state of Arkansas. <laughs> from north of the equator. All right. Be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> Little Susie Jones from Portland, Oregon writes, Dear Casey, I am terrified at night and can't keep my eyes open. Makes no sense. What am I even talking about? <laughs> why? Why? <did> this- <laughs> She's scared. She's scared. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You stop. My song is Nightmare on Elm Street by Will Smith. (laughs) The Dream Warrior song. You be quiet. I'm ready now. (laughs) That was my Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. I can't even say her name. I'm so out of touch with current pop culture that when I try to say Ariana Grande, I go, Ariana Grande. (laughs) Next, pull it together. Pull it together. (laughs) You pull it together. Susie Jones from Portland, Oregon writes, Dear Casey, I had a horrible run-in with a ghost just last month. The fear, the striking pain, and the question about the afterlife has kept me awake every night. There's only one thing that can soothe my poor eight-year-old mind and help me fall back to sleep. And that's listening to Ray Parker's Ghostbusters. If you could play it for me every five minutes for the next four years, I would really appreciate it because I am terrified and can't sleep. So that's what we've got for little Susie. I can't make the ghost go away, but I can bring in the Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr.'s number one hit, Ghostbusters, 1984. It's a dark, it's a dark <laughs> way of... I got, I got a little dark. <laughs> I got a little dark. It's fair. That, uh, all right. <laughs> 
Well, what was the thought process there? I, I honestly, I don't even, I don't even know. I was thinking like ghosts and terrified and Ghostbusters, and now kids can be scared of imaginary ghosts. Like there's something under the bed. You have kids. I do. They're not scared of ghosts. Really? You no. never had to check for the monsters. They're scared of spiders. I am too. Yeah, they're definitely scared. Except my son, he'll pick a spider up. He doesn't care. That monster. So you know, I'm a huge fan of how the song is introduced to the movie. Big and, time. Yeah, and this is <clears throat> this is a great one. The 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 librarian in this is just a textbook. Librarian. She's like, like the triangular glasses on yeah, a chain yeah, and all. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, she's walking around the library, she sees a floating specter, as you know, Egon would say, and creeps up on this uh, ghost. The ghost turns around, jaw becomes unhinged, and just terrifying. She runs and screams and it immediately kicks into Ghostbusters of something strange. I mean, I, I Ray Parker Jr. Great name. Uh, who you way. would not have any idea who this guy was if it wasn't for this song. He is the definition of a one-hit wonder. And Great one-hit, though. Awesome. And they play, obviously, the song gets played quite a bit throughout the whole movie. It's kind of the running theme of the movie. Well, it's but, a shout and repeat. It's fun to say and say back. So that's such a good point. I was going to bring this up, the whole shout and repeat idea, right? Because, like, the majority of my favorite movies, or excuse me, favorite songs, stem from that. Like, I love ACDC yeah, because Queen, you can sit there and say, you. Thunder, we will rock you. Yeah, exactly. You got it. You got it. So You know his girlfriend and her friends were doing the callback? On the sound? I did not. Yeah, it's pretty cool, That's right? amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so this got nominated for an Academy Award. And uh, I don't know if you knew that or not. And it lost to I Just Called to Say I Love You. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, yeah. Great song. One of um, my favorites. It is a great love song. Stevie Wonder. You're a huge Stevie Wonder fan. So Huey Lewis sued because it was so close to the beat from I Want a New Drug. It is. It's close. I want a new drug. It is not just because you sing the lyrics doesn't mean it's <laughs> different beat. It's a totally different beat. Um, and he was also approached to do the song, and he didn't do it. Should have. <clears throat> he should have. But Ray, oh, Par- I, I Ray Parker Junior. killed yeah. it. Yeah, he. Ray, Ray he Parker needs something Jr. more kind of fun and jovial. You know what I mean? It's it, it it's got staying powder. I mean, if you powder, staying powder, powder yeah. yeah, powder my nose. Um, it's got staying power, and it's a great like the monster mash. Every Halloween, right? Yep. Ghostbusters, the Monster Mash. It's just a great song. And the so. montage with the TV and magazines is really fun. Too. It is very cool. I love a good montage. You do. Oh, man, a montage. Well, Max. Speaking of montages. Speaking of montages. Yeah. Hit it, baby. This 1984 masterpiece inspired millions of American kids to take up karate. The song became a staple in pop culture for decades to come. Here is the Karate Kids, You're the Best. You're the best. In this dojo, we show no mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Sweep the leg. Sweep. Put him in a body bag. Has Cobra Kai changed our view on this? Cobra Kai is amazing. It's incredible. I love Cobra Kai. I'm kind of team Cobra Kai. Are you a Miguel guy or a Robbie guy? I'm I'm a LaRusso Johnny guy. I don't even care about the subtext. Johnny's the best. They took like the bad news bears aspect and really ran with it. Cobra Kai, for those of you who have not had a chance to watch it, is it started on uh, YouTube, YouTube, and moved over to Netflix. And it's the what are what are LaRusso and Johnny up to today? They have done the they they have set. The blueprint. It's masterful. For anybody that wants to do this because they allowed the script and the story to mature with the same group that fell in love with it when they were kids. So the biggest mistake I always see, like when when Michael Bay makes a Transformers movie, he he makes it too kid and childish. Yeah, childish like, yeah, yeah, like they they are making it so that if you loved the karate kid like we do, you can now appreciate this movie, which is aged appropriately with it. It's incredible. Yeah, they're swearing, love drinking, it. you know. Love it. Stupid love stuff. It. Stupid stuff. Love it. Yep. Love it. But back to the song. Back to the song. So remember, this movie is a slow burn. It's two hours, nine minutes long. 
And at when this song comes on, you're big on, you know, when it comes on. Yeah. We haven't seen a full fight yet. No. Yeah. Just like the skeleton fight was awesome. Yeah. Though, but yeah. that's not like a full karate. No, tur- no tournament. Nope. No All-Valley tournament fights yet. And then it just floods us with eight to nine minutes of really exciting fights cut together as the crowd goes wild. And Elizabeth Shue actually squeals, you're the best. I mean, you're, 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 you're blazing through this. Let's, let's, slow, let's slow dance. I can't. I'm I want to slow dance. No, you want your line dancing. Let's slow dance. He, Miyagi steals a black belt, sneaks it to LaRusso. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that he can get into the tournament in the first place. LaRusso has no, all LaRusso's done up to this point is, is wax, wax on, wax off. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't even been in any scenario like this. This is a, an introverted He popped kid. Johnny in the face <clears throat> in the beach. He did. But other than that, he's not used to performing in front of crowds. He's in a filled gymnasium looking around like uh, like a, a, a drafted quarterback playing his first game on Monday Night Football. He does look nervous the whole time. Totally nervous. Shaking a little bit. So he gets in the ring and the ring, or the pad, I should say, the mat. And when he scores his first point, it is like a full femur kick to the guy's stomach. Yeah. And you could see like he gets a taste for blood. Like he's excited after that, right? He comes back, he wins that round, and he just does this like panoramic look at the crowd cheering for him. And you hear Allie in the background go, you're the best. I mean, that is incredible. And then boom, cut right to the song. And then to your point, just a, an amazing montage. The Cobra Kai is the is like the worst group of human beings in the world. These guys are just like walking around the gym, bullying everyone, like talking smack, shoulder checking people as they walk by. There's arguments that Danny really kind of screwed with Johnny's life. You know, that Danny's the bully. I'm not arguing that Danny didn't play a role in this, yeah. but in general, that group of kids, that's not who you want your kids hanging out with. They were not a nice group. That's who I want my kids hanging out yeah, with. Yeah, I know. That's why that's <laughs> who you want your nephew hanging out with. Yeah. That's what you should get your Cobra first. Guy your tattoo. first no, not a tattoo. Can but we just start with like a, a little dojo? He's four like, months old. It's time. No, it's not. Get him. I, but you should be getting him a little gi, a dojo gi that says Cobra Kai on Or a onesie. Yeah. Or a onesie. That'd be, yeah. I bet you they have them. I'm sure they do. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Sweep the leg right, right on his butt. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like it. So, I mean, that scene is great, too. Even the refs are totally into it. I guess they were professional refs, like real uh, karate refs who did that. Well, the, the the head ref is the choreographer. He's the one who did all the with karate. The stash? Yeah, with the oh, stash. Yeah, he, stash. He, yeah, he was actually, he There's did all the fighting choreography. Yeah, he's amazing. Oh, yeah. By the way, tell me that's not the best uh, Halloween costume. Forget trying to be. Uh, the ref? Yeah, just get a red shirt that says referee on it. You got to be like the kind of like swollen, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's for me. You got to have the muscles like I do. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. 40 pounds ago. Easy tiger. Easy. You do look better. You do I look appreciate. Better. Well, I'm I'm not on life support, so that's good. <laughs> Thank you for saying that I look better. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that if they lose 40 or 50 pounds won't look a little bit better. Yeah, that's true. I mean, eat, well, no, nah, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> I'm not going to open that can <laughs> of worms. such a jerk. Take me down so, a peg. <laughs> so, more about the song. Sung by Joe Espedizito and written by Bill Conti, originally made for Rocky 3. Then got replaced by Eye of the Tiger. Really? Is that a right choice, you think? Do you think that's because history will repeat itself? It was like Rocky, you know, the third yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can't imagine you're the best in Rocky. It just feels too campish for Rocky. You think? So? I mean, Eye of the Tiger, that beginning is so it's amazing. emphatic. It's am- yeah. Just take it easy on Eye yeah. of the Tiger, please. Just okay. stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. And then, apparently, it was replaced in Flashdance by Maniac. Like, it it was, yeah. So wait, you're the best was going to be. You're the in best Flash? was supposed to be in Flash. Really? Dance. Yeah. I think that would have worked. But Maniac's yeah, great. Maniac's great though. Yeah. And finally found a perfect home here with this classic. It works. It's just it's absolutely because it's a little childish. You're right. It's a yeah. little campy. And Mo, this song has been used in montages in South Park, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Futurama. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Bob's Burgers, The Simpsons, Kickboxer, and former champion. 
Manny Pacquiao, the boxer, uses as the entrance music in a fight. As opposed to Manny Pacquiao, the post office delivery guy? I forgot to say boxer. <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Um, there was a commercial for, I think it was for an insurance company, and they ran it on the Super Bowl. And Survivor actually followed this guy around whose name was Roy. Mm. And it was like, Roy! Roy, Roy, Roy. Oh, okay. and, and then like they had the drummer was on like a wagon and they followed him around everywhere and sang it. It was amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the best. It is. The song, the, the, song, best. <laughs> the song says it all. It's a great song. I'm going to text you that randomly throughout the week. Please do. Yeah. Please do. You're the best. You're just going to text me. You're the best. Yeah. This is where you ask me, how about, do I have any more information? And I don't have any more information. You know, it's so funny. Like <laughs> I, I totally, I skipped from talking about you're the best to going right to eye of the tiger because I was so excited to talk about eye of the tiger and that's not even, I'm not even up and I have the tiger yet because I have that coming up soon. So what do you got? Not I have the tiger. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm curious what you have. All right, here we go. The year is 1985. The number one song is Don't You Forget About Me from John Hughes' classic, The Breakfast Club. Performed by Simple Minds, but there's nothing simple about this movie. Don't you forget about me. choice can't argue with this one at all yeah i mean it's uh the breakfast club is john hughes is an absolute golden god god king he I, is. I mean the way that he just the way he told his narrative about what it was to go through teen angst and adolescence and growing up and and the stories and his storytelling and his humor and just the his list is incredible and the breakfast club it's you, crowning achievement. I mean, if you think about it, the, the the characters that were in that movie that now we, you know, the jock, the goth girl, the preppy girl, the bully, the, bully, yeah. the, the nerd. nerd. It's all of us. I, it's all it's of us. All of us I, I know, right? I know. And, and and just every person I grew up with, like, fits into, like, one or two of these categories. It's just incredible. And, and, and it's just, a, it's, it's a great movie because it's, it, they come together and there's this, this beautiful togetherness in the song. And, and I, Molly Ringwell, Ringwald, if I could speak English, Molly Ringwald, um, she gives Judd Nelson the diamond, you know, folds it in his hand, kisses, puts the earring in. Fist bump. Yeah, right? The kids are all leaving. They're all done. The, the you know, the nerd leaves, you know, Anthony Michael Hall. Um, the nerd. I know. <laughs> Emilio, nerd. Es- Emilio Estevez, <laughs> Ali Sheedy, um, the narration of the letter by Anthony Michael Hall, right? Great narration. I, I, Top five narration. Each one of us is a brain, an athlete. And a basket case. And as he's narrating, Showing their it. voices yeah. are are the each of the characters' voices are saying it, which is incredible. It's an emotional scene. I get teared up. Right, when I'm right. It. Yeah. A princess and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Breakfast Club. Don't you? I mean, it's it just it's perfect, right? It's it the, is. It is it, and, and it's at the end of the movie. So this song that is like the whole movie. This is rare for me because usually I love the you know get into the movie, but this is it. This is the end of the movie. That's what you finish the whole movie on. So Simple Minds was totally against doing it. They didn't want to what do is it. with these people? I, it's it's the, music. It, it, no, because it's this like artistic integrity, right? Because they don't want to be uh, commercialized. I know this is you and I would sell out so fast if someone called uh, up and was like, "Hey, I need you to do a podcast on like some horrible product that's bad for the environment." Yeah. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." So today, aerosol can, yeah, air, the, the new aerosol, <laughs> twice as good for the ozone layer. Like I wouldn't. That's terrible. I can't. We've just admitted that. Keith Forsey was scoring the breakfast it's a transition club, right there, right? I, I want to get away from being a horrible human being was scoring the breakfast club. He wrote this for simple minds. He was a huge fan. He recorded it. They recorded, it, excuse me, in three hours, but it took a while to convince him. 
this hit number one on the billboards. And this wasn't a, this wasn't like a band that needed that song, you know, like they were already popular and they hounded him to mm. the, the, the band to get him to do this. And it's, I just think it's so funny how so many of these decisions could be just one denial or approval away from going to a totally different band. Yeah. But, weren't they so ambivalent? Like the la 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 lyrics are just a placeholder. A placeholder. They, they were like, keeping it. It. Yeah. They it's couldn't the, find it. It's anything. the best part. It is right. Yeah. La 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 la. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. And the, I mean, this is one too, where if you put a gun to my head and said, you know, do you love this because of the movie or do you love the movie because of the song? I would just simply say, who cares? It's a, it's a it's match just, made. It's a match made in heaven. I think it's the scene. Yeah. Do you know the what scene mean? Like, is great. The scene makes the entire just that, movie. that frozen with the fist up in the air at yeah, the end. Yeah. And, and, yeah. You, you gotta love that. Gotta yeah. love it. And he's on like the football field or soccer field. I don't know. There's something about it. Yeah. You think he sold that diamond or do you think he kept it? Uh, I, I, he was not going in a good direction. Judd Nelson himself wasn't going in no, a good direction. No, God, God, they we, were great, man. They were yeah. great. Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, all of them, they were great. Yeah. Emilio is the only one that really went on to anything though. Anthony Michael Hall's had a lot of success. He's swole now. You see him? He's like beefy. Yeah. Um, Speaking of beef. Speaking of beef. Oh, now we're getting to the fun stuff. After you, doctor. This 1986 monster hit gave a certain boxer that extra boost to stop the Cold War dead in his tracks. Here is Rocky IV's Hearts on Fire. bumps this song is liquid adrenaline mo okay this is the best training montage of all time do you disagree <sighs> it's so good it's, it's really good the contrast between rocky in the wilderness and drago going all sci-fi in his training like it's... the rocky beard rocky's never had a beard before rocky four best it's the best greatest film ever made predator Predator is the greatest film ever made. One B. Second greatest film. One B. One B. (laughs) So I I, I recall getting into a very heated debate with some of my friends about how Rocky IV is the best Rocky. Now, I have to qualify that. Rocky one and Rocky two are fantastic movies. Rocky one's a movie, though. Rocky one is like a legit. That's a great way of putting it. It's a legit movie. Rocky four is like if someone said you're on death row and what do you want your final meal to be? There are people they're going to say, I want a steak dinner. You know, I want the finest steak flown in caviar from Colorado. Yeah. yeah. And then there are other people who are like, man, I just Big a, Mac. a, Wendy, Big a Mac. Wendy's double cheeseburger, a Baconator, right? Yeah. Rocky four is the Baconator. Like oh, Rocky four is the, is the most deliciously awful Nutrition, it, nutritionally void. Like it's, yeah, but, but, but it is, I mean, like to, to, to look at Gorbachev and see him stand up and say, Rocky, Rocky and just start cheering for me. They saw the cold. Huh? It's a good Gorbachev. Yeah, you like yeah, that? Yeah. I, I, I could throw an imitation yeah. out there once in a while. Um, I, I mean, I, that's that's part of why, like, this movie is so incredible. And to your point, it, it it's a slow pan into this barn, right? Yeah. Let's... Let's take time on this one. Because where, this, did this find, where did he find that barn? Was it out of Airbnb? This, that's the beauty of this, right? So, so Drago kills Rocky's best friend. Spoiler, but yes. So... <laughs> If you haven't seen Rocky four and you're listening to our podcast, yeah, you you're, you're, you you're in the wrong place. He kills, he kills Rocky's best friend. Apollo. Yeah. Say his name. Apollo Creed. There it is. And he, he essentially says, I already know how to box. I already know everything I need to know. I got to get away from distractions and I got to get into the wilderness. Yeah, Polly's got a drinking problem and a robot. Polly, we'll talk about Polly. Now. He's, he's <laughs> that robot. Quest- questionable accounting. Very, very questionable accounting. <laughs> But but he he just disappears and goes into the Russian wilderness and then Max take it from there. I mean the the the, the song kicks in and boom what yeah. do you got? 
So first of all, the the beard, fantastic. The beard's incredible. Yeah, the beard's so John Rambo. Like I I love how John it Rambo looks the like beard he shaved is. his chest hair and glued it on his face. He has know? the most full beard. I, if I could grow a beard like his, I would have a beard all the time. Mine, yeah. I look like like a pirate with my beard. I he, look homeless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's pulling stones with a freaking rope, and I love how they contrast it with Drago's you know million dollar facility. Drago's got his tricep flexing on these insane machines that are like reading his ratings of how big they are in red lettering. Did you ever think it was weird that? Like bars have those punching machines where it gives you like a score. I and, love those and, things. And so does Drago. Like yeah. Drago's like hitting it and it's like these arbitrary numbers. It doesn't say if it's like pounds per square inch or you whatever. You got the idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen Rocky hit it and what he scored, but that's okay. Yeah. Not a big deal. Well, I mean, Rocky's insane backwards inverted sit-ups. Like that was yoga before yoga. Right. You know what I mean? That right. was a, like you watch that and you're like, this guy... This guy's something different. How about the steroid injection? I love that they did. They never address it ever again. Oh, why they're would like, you need to? They're like, oh, by the way, we're talking about Drago. Rocky would <laughs> no, never, Rocky would never take steroids. Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Allegedly. Yeah. I mean, the crumbling of Drago's picture too. I mean, I just love the intensity and he's climbing like the mountain and running away from that weird Mercedes Benz that keeps chasing yeah, him. Yeah. Like the song is just, it's a beautiful song and the lyrics are actually pretty profound, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. I mean, have you ever... Did you even say who sings it? I don't even think you said who sings it. doesn't matter who sings it. <laughs> He's a nobody. Actually, uh-huh. like, there's like very little information on the guy who sung this. Like, His name is John Cafferty. Uh-huh. There's nothing else on the internet about him. Well, except- would you need to do anything after Hearts on Fire? No. I would just sit back. You'd be and- done. Be like, yeah. hey, remember that time I saved us from the Cold War? Yeah. With song? So, I mean, have you listened to the lyrics? Like, yeah. Them? yeah. Yeah. You can say them? Or- no. Not like, I'm sure yeah. I don't want to sing them. Yeah. So, I mean, here's just a couple lines. Silent darkness creeps into your soul. And removes the light of self-control. The cave that holds you captive has no doors. Burning with determination to even up the score. Hearts on fire. Strong desire. You reading lyrics is terrifying. It's, Ni- it's nightmare fuel. It's bad? Don't ever read me a lyric again. I'd rather hear your bad singing. Like it was just, it felt uncomfortable. Like there was a- I was trying to go Edgar Allan Poe. No, it was like- weird. No, no. I don't want to hear the telltale heart. I <laughs> I was just showing off that I know one Edgar Allan Poe poem. No. All right, Langston Hughes. I know. Right? Oh, easy. Sylvia Plath over here. So do you remember uh, when... Shel Silverstein. Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so educated. So proud of you. Still, st- Rock, Rocky gets to the top of the mountain. Yeah, he does. Outstretches his arms, looks up at the air and goes, Drago! <laughs> Every time, every time I work out in the gym, yeah. For now on, I'm just gonna like look up at the ceiling and scream Drago as loud as I can. I'm sure people will just applaud you. Yeah, the helicopter shoutouts too is really cool. Like, yeah. you know, they went it's all very around. Cool. Yeah. It's very cool. So this song rules. This movie rules. It's it's the best. Yeah, it's the best. No, I mean Danny Larusso is the best. Well, around. Yeah, nothing's ever gonna you know whatever. Um, Bring them down. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. This 1982 song from Rocky III topped the charts for six straight weeks. You can't win the fight if you don't have the eye of a tiger. Hearts on Fire. Bow, bow, yeah, bow. I mean, Hearts on Fire, great song. Eye of the Tiger, wow, that's a big one. It's better. It's a big one. It's better. Survivor. Great name for a band. Great name for a band. Um, so we'll hop into the scene that you see this. This is another wonderful example of lead-in music on a movie. So we've already been through Rocky One, mm-hmm. right? Beautiful movie. Then we got long, little, little long. Little, well, for people like you who are an idiot, but the, for more, no, you're not an idiot. I'm sorry. Said what? It's okay. Uh-huh. I got emotional. Like, 
<laughs> what the what? <laughs> um, Rocky two was like, it, it, it gave us what we wanted, right? It, it, we wanted to see him win. Yep. And it was, and Rocky, considering it was a sequel, right? Sequels don't have typical good success, especially when the first movie so In good. the 80s, agreed. And right. They've gotten better with it now. For sure. Yeah. Rocky 3, the, 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 open, the opening scene of Rocky 3 and the intro and Eye of the Tiger tell the entire story of the entire movie. It's really weird. In three minutes. It's a music video, the movie. It's incredible. So we start off with, we have still photos from Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. So it gets us caught up to speed, just in case you decided to go see <laughs> Rocky, Rocky 3 without knowing what happened in Rocky 1 and 2. And then there's some fireworks, and the fireworks then melt into this um, like uh, pyrotechnic you know, Rocky's flexing and it says Rocky on it. Isn't Paulie like, Oh no, 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 don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead because I, I, I'm going to make a case on Paulie here because I, so Rocky's fighting winning easily. Right. And you know, and Mick is his trainer and Mick's job is to protect him. And he's just fighting these cupcakes and he's beating the hell out of them. It cuts intermediately into this, like starts off with just Paulie giving a look like, like whatever, I don't care. Yeah, I, yeah, I hate Rocky. Yeah. Then it's like then Polly like is is ringside with like a, a fifth of whiskey inside of a paper bag, just drinking. <laughs> it, it, it's like breakfast time, and Polly's getting drunk. It's I an Irish wanna, breakfast. I just want to go on record. Polly is the worst brother-in-law in the history of. Cinema. Why is he upset? Because he's jealous. But like the the the, the he, portrayal, he the portrayal of his jealousy is incredible. He is the worst human being I have ever seen, as far as a brother-in-law is concerned. It's I amazing. agree. He's awful. Uh, and then he ends up wasting all of his money and then they have to make Rocky. robots. You know, if you think about it, Polly, here's why Polly is the worst person in the world. He is solely responsible for Rocky five. <laughs> oh yeah. Tommy gun, a AKA the worst film ever made. And if Polly hadn't have squandered away all of Rocky's money, then they wouldn't have gone rags to riches, riches to rags. Yeah. Which and was Rocky's the worst. broke like 30 years later. The too. worst, the worst. Rocky's the worst. always broke. He's always broke. It's sad. Um, I don't like it. So in this montage, you basically see Rocky, softening and softening and softening right he does an american express commercial he there's a couple magazine shots one's gq the other gq the other he's doing a delorean commercial Ooh. yeah you should go back and watch it it's hilarious right always wanted DeLorean. and then my personal favorite there's a cut of him from when he hosted the muppet show but it's his actual cut from the muppet show which is is awesome because you know i love the muppets and while they're doing this all of a sudden you start seeing these cuts of clubber lang clubber lang is rocky Right, right. He's he's training in the streets, and and you know the big like meat hooks. He's doing the uh, right, yeah. the, the big, the big um, front page of the newspaper, Rocky. But then you see small clippings of Clubber Lang wins again, knockout, and that's getting more and more and more. So you know what this entire movie is about: softening of Rocky, introduction of Clubber, collision, and and that gives you Eye of the Tiger. I really like Rocky three in part because I'm a huge fan of Mr. T. Like I love. Mr. Oh, he's T. the best. He's the best. I mean, if do you, were you ever an A team guy? No, never. You got you got to go back and watch the original A team. It's great. Uh, I think I have actually all the seasons on DVD. I, I think I stole the box set from a buddy. Who of mine. watches DVDs anymore? I have nothing to put it. I'm in. sorry, I'm so old. Yeah. I was born in 1925. You know you, that. <laughs> da, 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 da. Wow. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Yes. Yeah. Amazing, I mean, as you would say. So. I, the tiger spent a lot of time at number one and f funny thing, right? So Sylvester Stallone was just a monster during this period of time, right? He was directing, writing, the he, 80s, he, yeah. Yeah, he could do anything he wanted. He went after queen to do the song. Queen, another one bites the dust. Yeah, right? Yep. So he went to queen wanted to use another one bites the dust. Would have worked really well. It would have worked really well. Bow, and, bow, and bow. they were done. They didn't want anything to do with it. And I can kind of get that. Like knowing what I do about Freddie Mercury and Queen, I could see them being like, you're... Didn't they do We Are the Champions for Mighty Ducks too? 
they didn't do it for that movie. No, but they gave the no, rights well, to it. No, by the time Mighty Ducks 2, that Freddie Mercury had already passed away by that. Okay, fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, Revenge of the Nerds had We Are the Champions. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, they didn't, so they still, Freddie Mercury was let, the let's artistic just be, yeah, Let's just uh, be value. clear. Yeah, they didn't. Okay, got but, it. but I don't have a problem with licensing, but like at the time, Queen was also a monster during the 80s as well. Oh, yeah. So they, they didn't do it. So it reached number one on the charts I mentioned. This is, just listen to this. 4.1 million digital downloads. Holy shnikes. That, digital downloads. Yeah. I'm not talking about even what they sold prior to that. That's, well, it's a great pregame song. You're at a frat party. You want to go at 7 in the morning before football game. This is what you play. So don't make fun of me. You will, but don't make fun of me. I just said 7 in the morning frat party. I'm playing this. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in a frat. Yeah. You were. I was kicked out of a frat. You were? That's fantastic. That makes me so happy. <laughs> um, Shout out, Faisai. I. <laughs> <laughs> so, Max, you might not know this, but I played high school football. You did? I did. I may not have Were you big you for your age? I was big for my age. I played high school football. And every single high school football player that I knew had two things in common. One. They Brain lo- damage. They, no. That, I, what you, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> what are we doing? What, what, anyways, they have one thing in common. Um, they uh, they had a cassette player with headphones, a Walkman. Do you know what a Walkman oh, is? Oh, I had a Walkman. All right, good. Boys right, to good. Men in Genesis. Right, we can't at, dance. Oh, nice. Boys Those are my to two. Men. Yeah. Um, and on that Walkman they had a mixtape and that mixtape was their pump up tape. Mm-hmm. There is not a cold blooded American male in the United States that didn't have eye of the tiger. Warm blooded. You mean? No, cold blooded. Oh, lizards. What are we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> a warm blooded American. <laughs> there we go. American. Yeah. That doesn't have that song on there. And I just, I remember uh, getting on the bus and going to away games and just putting my headphones on. And when I'd hear that song, just goosebumps up and down my arms and it would get me ready to want to kill someone, yeah. which, which is totally mentally healthy. Yep. So there you, you go. You turn out great. I, f- I feel good. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't actually kill anyone. So I feel pretty good about that. It's a fan. I mean that first, that intro 30 seconds. It's amazing. It's the best. It's the best. The best. Do you, think when, do you think when they did it, when they found that first 30 seconds, they looked at each other and they're like, my God, we got it. Yeah. We nailed it. Yeah. We nailed it. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those Eureka moments. I, it's it's there. The tiger. Yeah. I have the tiger. Max, I'd love to sit and talk more about Eye of the Tiger because uh, I'd love to talk more about Eye of the Tiger, but I think I'm out of info on that. And I think additionally, we both have rattled through our fives. So I want to ask you a question. We Shoot. both we both did our top fives. Was there a song that almost made its way in that if I had told you we were going to do six that you would have snuck in? Yes, and it's not really a song. The saxophonist from Lethal Weapon, just give me that all day. I don't know who he is, where you are out there. You want to come in? Oh, man. When, that, we, when we make it, we're, get, we're hiring that guy. I don't oh, care if he's 97 years old. I bet he has you, no lung capacity. We could get Kenny G. Let's go get Kenny G. Ooh, I'd love to get Kenny G. Kenny G's kind of a stud, man. He, he, is. he He's done everything from like he's got Christmas records to like holiday to smooth jazz. to He was in uh, Katy Perry's last Friday night. He had a whole sax solo and he was in the music video. Yeah, he's got great hair, too. He does have great and hair. And also, I've heard in China, the last song at every bar is a Kenny G song. They love him, China. Really? Isn't that random? That seems like an incredible sweeping generalization, and I don't think you could validate. I think they, like, instituted a law where that had to happen. <laughs> the Kenny so- G law. Sounds like something. I'll go with it. Bash in China to end this. All right. <laughs> um, so my... my <laughs> that's fantastic. Cutting that out. That's, no, no, no. We keep that in there for sure. All right, Max. My one song that should have made my list, and I, I fought with mentally... And I left it off is another one from our favorite movie. One of our favorite movies, uh, Rocky four living in America, James Brown. I don't like this song. (laughs) How do you not like it? So Apollo Creed is just putting on a spectacle. Drago's just sitting there. Like he just wants to murder him. And Apollo comes up and you've got James Brown and he's just like, 
America, living in America. Get the car, foot loose the moose. I mean, it's amazing, right? It's it, it's it's just great. And and the whole time, it reminds me of this incredible Saturday Night Live skit, which I bet you've never seen. Old school Saturday Night Live. Eddie Murphy. Have you ever seen James Brown's Celebrity Hot Tub Party? I have not. Oh my god! So it's Eddie Murphy. And he gets up on stage as James Brown and there's a hot tub in front of him. He's like, gotta get in the hot tub. Hot tub's full of water. Hot tub. Hot tub, 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 tub. <laughs> and, and every time I hear coming to America and I watch James Brown, I'm just thinking to myself, hot tub. But that's not why I love it. It's a great song. It is why you love it. <laughs> Did I say coming to America? I said coming to America because I was thinking of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Living in America. Okay. Living in America. I like coming to America. Coming to America is great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of Akeem, think of trash. Oh, they're they're making a sequel. I think he already filmed it. No way. Yeah, I think we'll have to do one a, on that. Well, that's not in the eighties. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard in the eighties. Okay. Well, Max, we've gotten to that point of the show where we uh, say our adieus and goodbyes. A little sad Hulk walking backwards. Yeah. On the street. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, boy, this is fun, right? All these songs, all these memories from these great movies that we. So love. many member berries. So many member berries. So, a uh, couple quick reminders. Uh, number one, at Buzz in the Towers, our handle. Go on social media, find us. Max is doing a wonderful job just pumping out a daily dose of some of the best. 80s pop culture stuff you could like. Aww. Yeah, you're, you're going to listen to this every night before I'm proud I go to bed. No, I know you will. It's so sad. Um, additionally, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Everything. B U Z Z N. Everything. And, and give us, uh, can they give us six stars or is five the highest you can get? Nine stars. Give us 10 stars on 13 everything. 13 stars. And leave reviews saying things like, you know, Buzz in the Tower changed my life for the better. Max is so handsome. Yeah, exactly. But if you have anything negative to say, MG is Ringo. Pretty much. <laughs> That's good. If you have anything negative to say, keep it to yourself because I don't really care. Max, do you hear. care? I want to hear. Okay, well then I want you guys. I'm going to give Max a cell phone. It's 617. <laughs> no, no, no. It's <laughs> a real area code. Uh, I know. Now they've narrowed it down. They're going to find it for sure. Uh, no, thanks for thanks for listening. And uh, please, like I said, check us out and listen for more. Later. Later. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.